Welcome to the Generosity Labs podcast. We know that church generosity and giving is one of the biggest and most important conversations we can have across faith communities. That's why we're here. On the Generosity Labs podcast, hosted by Kenny Jang, we talk to pastors, consultants, service providers, and other church leaders. We discuss the current trends, models, and best practices for developing giving as a robust part of your community life. Are you ready to learn more about how you can get a culture of generosity to flourish from the inside out? Let's get to today's episode. Time is generosity time. It's generosity time. It's time for the Generosity Labs podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Wanted to share this study that I found over at Barna. It was actually uh, titled What Motivates Christians to Give? And it was released around... Um, Giving Tuesday of this past year, which is the Tuesday after Cyber Monday, Monday after, um, what's it, what is it, Uh, after Thanksgiving and Black Friday. And so the question, what motivates Christians to give is a great one. And as we go into 2019, um, there's a bunch of questions that I'd love to challenge you as you go to church this Sunday are you demonstrating the answers to these questions of what motivates Christians to give? So they had one, they have this great article. You should read the whole thing. Uh, the name of the article again is What Motivates Christians to Give? It's in their uh, culture and media section over at Barna. And there's one question in particular I first got, got involved with a cause because. And then they do all these splits between practicing Christians and all U.S. adults. And uh, practicing Christians, just to let you know, they define it in this article as uh, somebody that's self-identified as Christian who says their faith is very important in their lives and have attended a worship service in the past month. Non-practicing Christians are self-identified Christians who do not, do not qualify as practicing. So... Um, we're looking at Christians and adult behavior. The question is, I got, I first got involved with the cause because, uh, I first got involved with the cause because, fill in the blank. And so um, I want to go down this list, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight factors, eight fill in the blanks. And here's the question I'll challenge you with is, on Sunday, when you go to church, um, can somebody who sits there in the pew for the first time or for the 10th time or the 100th time, um, can they say yes to any or um, even half of these questions? So uh, the first question, the first answer is, I felt I could make a difference. So in your church services, in your church communications, in your storytelling, are you demonstrating that any individual that gets involved with tithing with their offerings, with donations, with volunteering, that are you making a space for them to actually make a difference? Or are you just asking them to fund your mission and you'll go off and do it turnkey? A second one is, I heard or saw a story that moved me. Storytelling, examples, case studies, testimonials. Are you publishing these things on a regular basis? Are you asking people to share their experience as they volunteer, as they give, as they uh, fund your ministry. Uh, Number three, I felt an overwhelming sense of purpose, an overwhelming sense of purpose. So this really comes down to clarity of vision casting, 
sharing what your mission is for the ministry, has that been done in a credible way, an authentic way, so that someone feels that there's this overwhelming sense of purpose in this place when they visit you for that hour on Sunday? Next one is, someone I know personally was very involved in this cause. And so that's where you need to take advantage of those volunteers that you have already, those committed, even staffers, and are they sharing about their involvement? Are they sharing their excitement? Are they sharing what their passion is and the, and the, the reason why they are on board with the, with the mission with those people around them? Those people that are active are your referral engine. They are the people that you need to rely on and, and equip, not just instruct. You need to equip them in better sharing exactly what they're doing, why they're doing, and how other people can get involved. Um, giving is obviously one of those things, um, and people don't give unless they have this um, sense of cause and that they see others doing it at the same time. And so here's the next one. I love this one. Um, I first got involved with a cause because I accepted a personal challenge to get involved. Are you afraid of the money topic? Are you not going to the actual um, call to action, but just stopping, just shy of it because you feel guilty or you just don't feel it's right? Not to personally challenge people to get involved with funding your mission, whether it be a small campaign, whether it be the big picture, whether it be as a part of their own spiritual discipline, um, because how you behave with your money is a reflection of your heart and their understanding of God's uh, love and generosity. Um, Are you actually doing that on a personal level? Are you challenging people explicitly to get involved uh, financially, um, even um, any any church can do this on a week by week basis without making it an obligation fest. Um, this next one is very important. Um, my church cast a vision for me. I think this is the one thing that many churches completely forget about. The leadership team or the senior pastor might have something in their mind, but they're not sharing it. They're not articulating it. In fact, what we say is that there's usually something called vision leak in most organizations and that you need to repeat it um, and make sure everyone is indoctrinated with the vision that you have for the community uh, once at least every six to eight weeks um, if because of a variety of factors. One, people are not coming to church every week anymore. They're catching it every other week, every three weeks, you know, once a month. Uh, that's the new norm. And second, um, there is vision leak. There, There's just so much messaging they're bombarded with. They're busy with their lives more than ever. Um, for them to understand and hold on to what you are trying to instill in their lives and, and practice as a ministry gets lost. And so just that practical effect of vision leak is something that you need to figure out how to do it in a intentional Um, almost scheduled way every six to eight weeks within your ministry somehow. Um, It can be from the pulpit. It can be from outside of the pulpit. But, you know, can someone someone say, yes, my church actually cast a vision for me? Uh, The next one is, I was given or assigned a specific task 
to do. Micro commitments are one of the best ways of getting people involved. It doesn't need to be financial commitment at the beginning either. Usually, it's a commitment of time, of volunteering, of uh, some other type of uh, talents before you actually ask them to give uh, treasure. So, um, giving or specific tasks or assignments, some projects involving people in the ministry and the activation of putting their faith into action is usually a great way to start that process of opening up the stewardship conversations and letting them dedicate all of their lives wholly, not just their schedule, their time, their mind, and their heart, but also part of their wallet too to financially support the mission. And the last one here is I took a foreign trip and saw the need firsthand. Mission trips. Uh, there's you know pros and cons of mission trips. There's a big debate whether or not short-term mission trips are actually doing any good or even harm. Um, but you don't need to take a foreign trip. Uh, you might you might do an open house. You might actually take um, one or two at a time and, and let them um, invite them to visit your ministry outreach or where the acts of transformation are happening in your ministry to witness this that firsthand. The whole point here is they saw the need firsthand, not reported, not in a slideshow, not in a slick video. It needs to be something that they see physically, tactically, in 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 person, uh, embodied, so that they actually see the need firsthand and go back and start to consider it and um, integrate it into their faith life. And so these are really interesting things. Um, obviously, the ones at the beginning of the list are the most impactful. The first, I first got involved with the cause because... Um, these first three, I would say, I felt I could make a difference. I heard or saw something that moved me, or I felt an overwhelming sense of purpose. Um, are three things that you can start to do with your messaging, with your communication, with intentionality in your worship, and the stories that you tell in your sermons, in your offering time, um, you know, the little offering scripts that you might be using. Um, in your announcements, and also reporting of all the great things that your ministries are doing inside your building and outside your building. I challenge you to take a look at this article. Uh, There's a lot more to it than just this one survey question, but as we break this down, this is my question to you. Um, Are the majority of the people that walk into your building on Sunday, this, this coming Sunday, Are they going to walk away and they say, I felt I could make a difference if I'm a part of this community? Or I saw or heard something that moved me today in terms of wanting to get involved. Or I felt an overwhelming sense of purpose in this place or this community for everything that they're doing in terms of mercy and justice and outreach and life change. Can you say yes? Is that something that the majority of people will, on an exit survey, um, will, you know, on a volunteer basis, they will volunteer to say yes to those questions without being prompted by you, without being coached, without being reminded? That is one of, should be one of your top messaging and communications goals going forward to see what type of 
artifacts, what type of storytelling, what type of conversation pieces, what type of messaging that we can integrate into their whole experience when they come into our building on Sunday so that they leave and they say yes to every single one of those um, statements. So um, I would love to know your thoughts. Leave your comments below. Um, share this with a friend and see what they think. It's it's a great, I think, conversation starter to say, hey, is this is a, a different way of doing a checkpoint in ministry, and I'd love to hear your feedback and what you think about using this as a litmus test as to see if you're on track. Um, I'd love to hear that in the comments below. Reach out to me directly or join our um, Facebook page for Generosity Labs and, and comment there as well. Um, I'm Kenny Jang for Generosity Labs. Go to our website, generositylabs.org. Check out the blog. Check out the rest of the podcast issues. And I'd love to reach out and connect with you further um, in any of those places. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you here next time at the Generosity Labs podcast. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. Don't forget to join us every week right here for the Generosity Labs podcast. In the meantime, visit www.generositylabs.org for more details and fantastic free resources for you and your church.